This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome to the garage. Welcome to the Throwback Podcast. Dan Hans is here along with my bosom buddy, Bob Castro. Number 20, episode 20. We, we did, did it. it. We made it 20 episodes of this shit show. <laughs> it happened. Did you say shitty show? No, shit no, no. Show. You said shitty. I said shit show. Oh, a shit show. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of, you know, kind of a shitty show. No, it's no, no, no. Show. I guess it what could are you be. saying about the, our pie? What are we? Where are we at? What are we doing? <laughs> That's a great. What question. are we doing here? That's, That's why this episode is going to be a little different. We need to take a step <laughs> back, figure out what the hell we're doing with this thing. All right. So yes, we have done 19 episodes and uh, 18 albums, one Tom Petty retrospective, and we thought for our 20th episode maybe we'd mix it up a little bit and do it naked. We are new, but. Nude. Nude pod. Ew. It was like, what? Gross. They finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I went home. I get home about once a year uh, during the summer. And um, my parents just moved out of the house that I grew up in and into a smaller condo as retired people are, are want to do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they have a bunch of my stuff that's in several boxes that they keep in a garage area. So I was going through it all of, uh, during a, an afternoon this summer, and one of the things I stumbled upon was this uh, wooden box. And in the wooden box was a bunch of um, little trinkets from high school, different things. Concert tickets, probably. Concert tickets, Sporting movie events, tickets. Right. Um, letters, like actual handwritten letters from girls. Maybe like a baseball, like a game ball from from high school. There, yeah, there was definitely like some sports stuff in there. But then also in this box <clears throat> was... A human head. A human head. And it is the old uh, McClockley murder that was never solved. <laughs> it, it was, was you. It was me. Turns out I it was it. you. Statue of Limitations is out, bitch. Boom, 20 like, years later. It's like, no, Dan, there's no Statue of Limitations <laughs> on murder. You watch a lot of oh. Dateline. You see so much Dateline. You should know better. <laughs> That's true. It's definitely true. There's no Statue of Limitations on homicide. But um, <laughs> so I didn't do it. The McCloskey case is still sealed. <laughs> still open. <laughs> open. Sealed, whatever. Okay. Anyway, so in uh, what in uh, also in this box was a collection of mixtapes that I had made uh, radio mixtapes. Here's here's what one sounds like. It's a man hitting. Yeah, he's hitting. He's hitting a cassette tape onto a microphone. Now, if you shake it, this is what it sounds like. I remember that sound. Remember that sound? Yeah, plastic. Like for the the kids out there. And we'll tweet out a photo of this on the throwback <laughs> pod. Uh, it's an actual mixtape. And what I and many people used to do is tape songs right off the radio uh, and and then label, uh, you you know, label the tape uh, in the casing. And I have a 14 track mixtape f- labeled mixtape two. And I use a. The Roman numeral too. You were very classy. You were very. You really wanted this one to stand out, be important. So, um, yeah. Last week we did Dealer's Choice with Bob Castrone. I. This is not Dealer's Choice. This is more. This is our first. And we'll. This will be a recurring series unless this goes really, really poorly. We'll find out. Um, where we track down old mixtapes from our past and revisit them. This one mixtape Roman numeral two, Feb March, ninety six. It is weird. This is 21 years ago. My handwriting is exactly the exactly same. Exactly the same. Same person. Is that a little weird? Well, you are the same person. You're Isn't the same. it weird, though? The, well, on you want, some level? Do you want your handwriting to evolve? Wouldn't you think everything else changes, but your handwriting stays the same from 16 to 37? I don't know. That's something cool. It's one of the mysteries of life. Isn't that what that... Um, uh, well, you're not like trying to better. You're not like taking classes to better your handwriting. What do you expect that you'll just get better at it? Isn't this a verse from that insane clown posse song? Yes, Miracles? this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is mostly what it's about. Um, so this is going to be a little bit different episode. We're just going to go track by track. 
I don't even think we should add this to the Spotify playlist. We'll uh, see. Let's see what we happens. Could. We could. Well, but I, you, you we'll know. see. I think it's important though because we talk about mixtapes and mixed CDs a lot on the on the pod. It's important if you're somebody who was born uh, in the ni- late '90s or I number one, why are you listening? But if you're um, if <laughs> that, you're, that spans any age, right? Yeah. If you're young and you don't get it, there were two types. There were the mixes you would make for someone where you would like find your CDs and then you would, or when you would break up with someone, when you would break up with someone. Or you want to make one for a friend. Especially what? if you want to break up. Especially if you want to. Uh, <laughs> it's going to get dark. Um, you would like you would make it yourself. The other type of mixtape was the one where you were just waiting by the radio with your finger on play and record for those songs that you didn't own the CD and you wanted to have. So you were just waiting for the DJ to shut up and get like the best clean version of a song. And you would slam your fingers down and then you would fill up a tape with all of the songs on the radio. That's what this is. Yeah. It's like, shut up, disc jockey. I just want to dance. That was a common refrain in the 90s. Yeah, we used to say that all the time. I had a t-shirt that said that. <laughs> that was the name of my mix CD that we're going to listen to. But this is uh, TDK D60, uh, old school mixtape. Yeah, not a, definitely not even like a top of the line No, brand. you definitely spent the minimal amount of money to get this tape. Yeah, because it, when you're... 15 years old right you don't have any money so you can't even buy the cds if you want it no. you know it's the way it works unless you got what was the old uh eight cds for a cent and then you yeah did- but that was that was a scam come on nobody ever did that did anybody do oh, that i did it everybody did it what, publishers the- not publishers columbia great. house columbia house everybody did it nobody did it i did it i just had a conversation recently where it's like oh yeah everybody did it nobody did it what ha- yeah and then you would you would get your you know 14 cds or whatever and then your parents got the bill and then you're just like and it was an honest thing. It was like, no, they literally told me it was two cents. And then they're like, well, you're a dumbass fucking kid. Go fuck yourself. All right, we'll take care of this. And then you got your CDs. And you okay. Know. So you did it once is what you're saying. You yeah. Like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. I got tricked by the man. Okay. That's, that makes again. way more sense. Okay. All right. So let's go through this track by track. And maybe it ends up at the Spotify playlist. Maybe not. Uh, and again, yeah. The one thing I want to add, it's a necessary disclaimer is that this will be songs. Some of these will be songs that were on the radio in February, March 96. <clears throat> Some songs are just songs Dan liked. But they were all, were all the but these were all ripped from the radio. All ripped from the radio. Got it. And we're just to be clear again, a lot of lot of uh, disclaimers before we start this episode. <laughs> you are going to play this from Apple Music. You are not play. We don't have the technology. Not yet. Anyway, to play the cassette tape. But that would be a great thing to do. We just can't do it yet. We have no idea how to even begin. Yeah. All right. Here so we here go. We Track go. one. This this song, it's a, a fitting way to start um, this podcast, and it serves as some connective tissue to our last podcast, track one of Mixtape 2. Wow. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's listen to this. This is a pretty much a perfect song. I am still living with your ghost. Lonely and dreaming of the West Coast I don't want to be your downtown I don't want to be your stupid game With my big black boots and an old suitcase Um, coincidentally, or perhaps ironically I was off from work today, Friday And I took my son to Santa Monica Okay. Where I did not see Art Alexakis trying to uh, drown himself in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Although he was do- trying to, you did not witness it. Uh, yeah, he, he could have been. Imagine the idea. Imagine there's a realm where Art Alexakis. I can't believe we're still talking about this fucker. Um, <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Is uh, every day of his life trying to drown himself in the Pacific Ocean. He's just really bad it's at like it. It's like a Groundhog's Day kind of thing. <laughs> no, he just fails um, every day. Or he's just really bad at it. <laughs> I, like, I did realize, though, like... I like can't catch the right wave to drown. I had, like, a really weird realization recently that I've always, like, loved L.A. and the idea of living out here in California and the whole thing. And uh, I do think a part of it is this song, Santa Monica. Like, I didn't know what Santa Monica was until this song. So this song introduced me to yeah, the concept of Santa sure. Monica. And I was driving around Encino, 
and I've always wanted to live in Encino for some reason. Because of Encino Man. Because of Encino Man. Yeah. So my entire in the nugs. My entire life is just being dictated by shitty things from the mid nineties. <laughs> and I can't help it. It's like my destiny. Skizzin' the Jets, buddy. One of the best movies of the 90s. By the way, we could definitely get Pauly Shore on this podcast. We and g- maybe Brendan Fraser, let's be honest. Uh, so, you know, I was shooting a thing this summer where we had like a bunch of different celebrity cameos. Yeah. Pauly Shore was trying to be in it so bad. And we had to keep saying no to Pauly Shore. Oh, Paul. And I felt bad as an Encino Man fan that I was turning down Pauly. But you just had to do it. Sorry, Pauly. Well, let's be honest, Brendan Fraser carried Encino Man, and Sean Astin probably was the guy doing most of the heavy no, lifting. I mean, it was a Pauly Shore vehicle. They they all, they did it together. Let's listen to this one a little bit more. I'll say it again, any, like, essential 90s mix that doesn't have Santa Monica... You're telling on yourself. You don't really know what it was like to be alive in the 90s listening to alternative rock. This was a benchmark song in there. Completely agree. So go fuck yourself. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> Whoever you are that would say that. The, who I don't know who is curating a best of 90s mix. And it's like, hmm, I don't know about Everclear. Not. I'm going to preemptively say go fuck yourself. Good, good. I hope they know that that happened. All right, track two. Again, I told you that um, this is right. Like I got Bob and I rekindled our friendship in the summer of 93, got way into August and everything after the first Candy Crows record. And then from there, I kind of get it started getting into music. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really start even getting into music until late 93, early 94. So any of the 90s music that I discovered after that point, things from like 90 to 94, was really all after. Okay. So right. that's how this song ended up on my spring of 96 mix. All right. By the way, I don't know what's coming for the uh, listeners. I haven't seen anything that's on this list, so this is exciting for me too. This is a good mix so far. So far, so good. <laughs> I mean, it's going to take a hit soon. But I'm sure it will. Let's listen to this. When you were here before, couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a feather. In a beautiful world I wish I was special You're so fucking special But I'm a creep Hold on on a second What? I'm calling shenanigans Okay How What were you recording where he said so fucking special? How was that on the radio? Bob, what are you fucking retarded? I pulled oh, this off uh, Apple Music. I know. <laughs> In Bob's defense, Bob, you, you've worked a long week. It's been a long week. <laughs> the second I finished saying that, I realized how wrong I was. I'm staring at the tape, so I should know better. <laughs> I'm going to have another beer. The idea that there's like the tape deck is now synced up to our like 2017 devices like we did it oh and it's i fucking said it right beforehand too. you're the one that said it also in my defense this is the second episode we're recording in one night so yeah a few beers in yeah yeah, yeah. um uh this i'm gonna bring it back since it's coming back again my favorite sound of the 90s baby that guitar but i'm and i know like this is Radiohead is by far the number one band that I've never seen live that I want to see live. Um, and I think they don't play this song very often at all for very 90s band reasons. Right. Um, but I would love to hear just the guitarist. I think his name is Johnny Greenwood? Colin Greenwood? Didn't we just didn't we go through that during the Radiohead podcast? Yeah. yeah. Um, just to hear him go... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a freak. 
Also, the first song for a lot of people, this is the first song in Rock Band. Yes. The original yeah, Rock Band. Yeah, no, when we were playing Rock Band back in the, when we lived together, we played this song a thousand times. Bob on lead guitar, me on Vox, Jason Zumwalt from a couple of shows earlier on drums. The Kanye episode, yeah. And um, our friend uh, Drugs. Drugs. Uh, playing bass, and we had to kick it. We literally had to, like, it's like, oh, what's it like to kick somebody out of the band? Can you even imagine? We did it. It happened to be rock band. Yeah, we had to kick our, our stoner friend out of our rock band because he was bringing us down. <laughs> I actually kind of remember having real conversations privately about that. Yeah, it's like, is, is, is he coming over tonight? Oh, man, he's really going to bring down the band. <laughs> Losers. It was real. Uh, so there you go. Creep from Radiohead. Pablo Honey came out, I believe, in 93. Um, and um, I loved it uh, once I started to get into alternative music. And the next track, Bob, you ready? I think so. Okay. I told you it's not going to be all home runs and 96-yard uh, touchdown runs, Bob. Well, you didn't say it in those words, but yeah. No, it's going to be some fullback dives that end up in fumbles. All right. Stop that you're really forcing the football stuff. And... Not everyone is going to be a slam dunk, Bob. Not football. Some will keep... be an own goal. Oh, wow. Okay. Well done. Here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you're into this. All right. Do people know what it is you think right now? Yeah. Um, How popular is this song? This was a really big song at the time. I think it, wait, does it start yet? Not yet. I remember it didn't start right away. It's easier. You were, you were into this song. I was, really? Yes. Okay, here it comes. Right. Listen to it. Again. Not yet. Fuck you. No, come on. <laughs> oh yes. my god. Yes. Build it up, baby. Build it up, Davy. <laughs> All right, here it comes. Here it comes. Satellite in my eyes, like a diamond. In how I wonder Satellite strong from the moon And the world your balloon Keeping time for the manifestation Part of our friendship was like forged on neither of us liking Dave Matthews But you sneaky like Dave Matthews Because you always liked Satellite And you liked Crash Into Me Yeah, 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 it was a nice one you're nice you're singing. kind of in. <laughs> no, I liked I liked Satellite, uh, and this was like this was very much a February March '96 mixtape entry. This was huge on the radio at the time, but doesn't have a lot of legs. Like most people, like only know because Dave Matthews hasn't aged well, which is surprising. In yeah, the that sense, is that is surprising in the sense that he was so massively popular, right, uh, in the '90s and into the 2000s. He was also popular with like uh, like douchey kind of people, who are the kind of people that go on to run things. So you would think that yes. if they're running things, they would force us to continue to listen to Dave Matthews, but maybe they forgot about it and they moved on. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the although I don't agree that this band is douchey but it's like for instance the very famous this is probably during your best week ever days bob the guy that was like the bank executive that at the corporate retreat played one by you two okay and somehow likened it to like what the bank was trying to do and maybe change the lyrics or something like that's an example of successful like douches becoming successful and then liking their music from back in the day and yeah. pushing it into the mainstream and keeping it there it hasn't happened yet. What does that say about Dave fans? I don't know. It's very... I'd like to get to the bottom of that because you would have thought that would be the logical progression. Mm. I like this part. This yeah, you love this part. Well, yeah, but says the guy that's never been to a Dave concert, and you have. We've, we've established this in our I went episode. to a Ben Folds 5 Beck concert that Dave was headlining. That's yeah. why I was there. Anyway, I do like this. I have to be honest with you. I do like this song. I like, um, I like, crash into me. I like, um, I can't remember the, how the you, third one goes. You also like, you drink too much. No, I don't you like too drink too much. much. Too much. I hated, I hated, uh, what would you say? Hated that. 
<laughs> I kind of liked in the moment. I liked um, uh, ants marching. Ants are marching. <laughs> I, can't. I was gonna try to do that one. Um, There's a song called "Stay" that I liked. Actually. Is that the one? I like the one where Judah Friedlander is going around hugging people. That was a that was more like mid period. Yeah, yeah. It came out when we were in college. I liked that one. You know what the one I liked was like crazy. I like that one too. Okay, I like that one. I like the Judah Freelander hugging people one. And that's probably it. Or do you just like Judah Freelander? No, no, I like that song. I can't remember it now, but he just walked around hugging people and it was like a happy song. I'm very happy that I didn't see Dave Matthews Band live ever. I'm because that would have been rough. Um, But I will stand stand by that song as (sighs) a good representative of. It's that's it's yeah, yeah, it doesn't like you said, it doesn't hold up. All right. Next up, uh, this one is definitely right in the wheelhouse of I think of summer of 96. I might I might have been ahead of the curve in early on this one, which is not usually what I'm into, but it might have been on Alternative Nation a lot. Here we go. Cigarette stains on your hands. Flowers in a vase. I ask, How are you? Yeah, how are you? Come out. When did it come out? Yeah, I have no idea, but this is this takes me to 96. This was a song like we loved this song. Yes, me, you, uh, our friend Sam. I remember the three of us walking around listening to this talking yep. about the song this takes me right there and shit i never thought we would listen to sponge on this podcast but i'm so happy we are this part 16 candles down this song is just as good as when it came out it is it's so 90s but god it's so good it's certainly 90s Sponge has good songs, too. We're never going to do a Sponge episode on this podcast. We're not going to get into Wax Ecstatic at any point. We're not going to. We're never going to talk about Have You Seen Mary. That was such a good song. Uh, or Plowed, which is excellent. Plowed but was the first single off this one. This song definitely like takes me back to a time and place. And this, if I, if I had to make like a desert island mix of '90s music, this would be like one of like the surprise ones. Or a lot of people are like, wait. I do remember the song, but for me, this is like... Well, if you ask me, like, alternative music, like, the genre of alternative music, this song is, like, one of the first ones I'll think of. Like, there's something so, like, alternative music about this. I hope they're not... They're not on, like, the Summerland tour circuit or anything, I definitely think they were. Yeah. were they? Yeah, I think they were. Like, them and the Toadies. They were on, like, that Toadies level. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're debating uh, a song on the Spotify playlist, but this already has my vote. Oh, God, this is such a fucking great song. Good job, 15-year-old Dan. Yeah, good job. Get your shit together, but that, otherwise you're doing pretty well. Stop masturbating, for one. <laughs> get out on, get on, the, on the front yard, in front uh, driveway, and shoot some foul shots. But nice work. All right, there you go. That's Molly. Um... Absolutely one of the best songs of the 90s. can't believe you just told your 15-year-old self to stop masturbating. <laughs> That's such a losing battle. I know. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even think I was like a chronic masturbator. I think I was right in like the average. 15? What is the average as a 15-year-old? A 15-year-old? Um, is it once a day? 13 times a day? <laughs> I don't know. Is that normal? I never understood that without getting too deep into it. But <laughs> oh, no. Like the people are like, oh yeah, I used to whack it constantly, like six times a day. It's like I don't even know. Even within like the realm of when you're a teenager, you literally have all the time in the world, right. unless you have a part time job where you work four hours. Like, where do you find the time to masturbate that many times a day? I don't know. Hey, teens listening, email us and let us know. No, is that <laughs> tell a us thing? about your jerk habits? Tell us about habits. your jerk habits. We want to know. <laughs> let's let's set up a hotline. Teen jerk habit hotline. Bob. Okay. Just call my cell phone. 
Nine months. All right. In other news, in other news, this is our final podcast before <laughs> prison. All right. Uh, our next track, uh, not even track, our next song in this mixtape as we go down memory lane, another one that was came out a few years earlier, but for Danny Hansis, it was so fresh. By the way, you have to tell us when we flip the tape over. That's important oh, for us yeah. to know. It's yeah. coming up in a couple tracks. I'll let you know. Let's listen to this. Alone, listless, breakfast table in an otherwise empty room. The young girl, Violet. Um, this is kind of sending me down a little bit of a wormhole in the sense that it's it's hard to find a more exciting time to be in terms of being a music fan then when you first get into music and you're falling in love with all the new songs yeah and then you get to like first discover older songs yeah especially older songs from current artists like a Pearl Jam like this is probably around yeah, you were the time just Vitology. one album behind right yeah and Daughter is perfect example yeah I don't want to even talk too much about this because we're definitely going to do verses at some point alright want to keep moving and this is one of my favorite songs Ever because everything on verses. All right, let's let's save it for the verses podcast. Right. Uh, we'll get out of that. All right, coming is, up. By the way, though, great yeah. job so far on this mix because like that fits perfectly with everything else that's come before it. I actually have mixtape numeral one as well. Okay, uh, but this was definitely my crowning achievement mixtape two. So I. Uh, I want to just tell you that they weren't always this good. I this mean, is the best I could do. We should have started with one and then and then worked our way up to this on episode 40. Just better songs, too. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to go back. and we're the, What we're trying to do is make the podcast worse as it goes along, Bob. Yep. yep. So, all right, here we go. This is the penultimate track of Side A. Again, I was discovering bands, and this is right around the time that I discovered um, this band. Snakes <laughs> and aeroplanes. Lenny, Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Let's listen, Bob. I have another game. Listen, you know, crank it up, Bob. I fell hard for REM. Uh, in about 1995-96 so this was a song definitely like we knew as 8 year olds 8 year old 9 year old it was just something that would it was just kind one of, of those like songs that was song. around yeah. yeah so then like when you I got I fell in love with um, Automatic for the People right around this time and then I started to uh-huh. investigate their back catalog and then you know so apparently I loved this song Makes yeah, sense. this was like one of those songs that I feel like I I placed in the same world as like We Didn't Start the Fire and like other songs from the 90s that you're just like, oh, that's a song that's on the radio all the time. Right. It's like a little, it is what it is. But then after I got into R.E.M., same thing, went back and listened to it and was like, this is a good song. Yeah, it is not We Didn't Start the Fire. No, when you actually yeah. go back and listen to it in the context of it being a good song and not just a radio song. It's, it's a clever, unique song yes. from like a truly great band that honestly is, you know, they broke up five years ago and they were kind of like dormant in terms of like, not dormant, but in terms of their profile, right. they were dormant. Um, well, we've talked about doing REM, an REM pod. We will eventually. We will eventually. Sure. But the thing that we always say is like, has any band, like, do people care less about any band than REM at this point? Like right. For a band so, that was like one of the big biggest bands. band of the 80s, yeah. nobody cares about that. Like, forget about Dave. R.E.M., I feel like nobody will say they're an R.E.M. fan. I do like that we're calling him Dave, like fans. So. Ugh. That Dave. was the one thing that sunk in. It's like, oh, do you want to go see Dave? I have an extra ticket. Everyone always had an extra oh, ticket to Dave. Because somebody was Let's always... read into that. Somebody was always wising up. All right, here's, here's the famous part of the song. Let's see. Continental drifted by mountain, stayed in a light, Leonard Bernstein, 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 Le
All right, so there you go. This uh, that was uh, REM. REM. <laughs> this is such a, like a fifteen year old boy move. Um, they're gonna pop up again on this mixtape. It better like, not. It better not be shiny happy people though. <laughs> no, no. Okay, good. Uh, not far off though. Um, I know what it's gonna be. Okay, here we go. Here's the final. So you wanted me to let you know what the yes. final song of side A was. It's this and this one. Another one straight from Feb March '96. Right. And to me, top 10 of the 90s. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Here it comes. That was top 10 of 1987. Here we go. Top 10 of the 90s. Yes. So good. How big was this song? Like, was it a hit, or was it just like an alternative hit? It was, I think, a total alternative hit. Yeah. I don't think it crossed over. I don't think it got played on Z100, which was the pop right. station in New York. I think it got played on K Rock. I it think had, it was a K Rock. It hit. had a music video. It had a music video, but I think it was an alternative nation hit more than it was. Yeah. Like John Sencio was introducing this, not Idalis. Sencio was not Idalis. pounding the table for this. Okay. You had a relationship with John Sencio in the mid-aughts, right? Oh, I did, yeah. You wanted to share that story real quick? After this. All right. In the end, we shall achieve in time The thing they call divine When all the stars will smile for me When all is well This is giving Molly run for its money as far as like great 90s songs. By the way, this is also the guy, Rustin Kloton, that was uh, <laughs> married Liv Tyler. Married to Liv Tyler. Yes. Good callback to another pod, Dan. Of course. Of course. The daughter of Stoven Tavid. <laughs> That's not even close. Uh, John Sencio. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. <laughs> Um, John Sencio uh, kind of became like a running gag between me and you where we were just like constantly. Yeah, we were kind of like post-Sencio fans. Like we loved the idea of John Sencio in the 90s. So at some point while we were both working in the early aughts, uh, we found his website and he had his AOL email address on there, which meant that that was also his AIM name. A-I-M name. Oh, yes. So, which just shuddered which recently. Which I know, yes. Rest in peace. So um, I put, I added him to my buddy list, and whenever he would pop up, I would IM him to try to get him to talk to me, and he would ignore me, <laughs> and then I, I had a blog at the time called My Blog is Poop, and I would put our IM conversations into my blog and just like pine over John Sensio, like someday <laughs> he's going to talk to me. And after like months and months of doing this, one day... He, I think he thought I was somebody else when I am'd him, and he answered me. And then he realized what he did. Oh. But he kept talking to me for like 20 minutes, and I posted our entire conversation on my blog. And I was so happy that it was like the closure that I needed. Like the people that read my site were like so excited that it finally happened. Years later, I end up attending the Spike Guys Choice Award because I'm not a bro. <laughs> the coveted Guys Spike <laughs> Choice Award. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I'm not, I mean, just gonna say Goosebumps pretty... just thinking about that show. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Spike Guy's Choice, 07. It's no, it was like probably Vin two... Diesel won every award. It was probably 2010. <laughs> I remember the cast of the A-Team came out to present an award, and that was a big deal. The new A-Team with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we had, uh, I had just done a show for Spike TV, which is why we were there. And we were like sitting on. Was the that f- held in like a middle school auditorium? It was held at the Sony lot, and it was like open bar. It was a lot of fun. Like Stallone was there, obviously. Yeah, sure. It was like that kind of thing. But um, we were at a table on the floor, and I look at the next table over, and John Sencio is there, for some reason. Sencio got the invite, huh? So uh, that's how that's well, the star power that we were working with here. 
some guys from a failed pilot on Spike TV and John Sensio. <laughs> so uh, finally, when the uh, when the show was over, after I had God knows how many drinks in me, I went over to him and I was like, John Sensio, big fan. I had a blog called My Blog is Poop. And he knew me immediately. Really? Because at the time, like, there wasn't... Well, like there, if, wasn't there wasn't a big Sensio. If you Googled his name, my site came up before his site. <laughs> there you so, go. So, you know, we're still friends. Wait, and what it... Did it was he? We hung annoyed? out. All, Did he was he, he was amazing. He was so cool, and we like talked for the rest of the night. And then, uh, what's Sensio? And for those that don't know, which is literally every four people, we didn't even set it up properly. No, he was an MTV VJ in the early to mid nineties, like ninety four. That would have been really so. good information before I told the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad way to do this. Uh, all right, so there you go. That ends side one. Not a bad side one, Bob. Not On a bad balance. side one. What are your big? takeaways from side one well i mean you have two understated bangers on there with in the meantime and molly some classics like daughter and uh creep i think overall you did a great job rem and uh, dave matthews kind of stand out as like uh, outliers yep but at the same time i understand why they were there okay so here is side b now and uh you know what? In retrospect, maybe this shouldn't be here, but again, I had just fallen in love with the band. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the biggest biggest single of 1990. You're really digging digging deep. <laughs> it was very surface REM. I was I think I was just starting to dig into their uh, catalog. Let's listen. You know, I was just thinking, can you imagine a scenario, Bob, where if telling 15-year-old Dan and Bob that we would be doing a podcast that people would be listening to like 12 years later, what, 20 years later, 22 years later, um, talking about the contents of a mixtape? <laughs> There'd be a lot of questions. I was actually now that I think it's not even an achievement because it's a bit of navel gazing that's almost off the charts. So it's not <laughs> even like necessarily like, wow, you guys made it. It's just like, what are you guys doing? Well, yeah, it's more that than the uh, first thing you said. But I mean, outside of having to explain what a podcast is, I feel like if you had to explain, like, how do you think your 15 year old, the guy that made this mixtape? All right, I'm going to say something to, I'm going to talk to the guy who made this mixtape. Okay. And I want him to wrap his head around his life. Mm. All right. So um, 22 years after this mixtape is made. Wait, 22 years? Where are we? Yeah, we're 21, 21 and a half years. About, yeah. 21 and a half years from right now, you're going to live in California. You're going to live in Los Angeles, California, and I am going to live less than a mile away from you. That would probably be like, we would probably be like, yeah, naturally. Obviously, we're both going to be Hollywood <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> uh, I, well, no, that is very cool. Maybe the, maybe the way to look at it is it's not like cool, amazing that we're going through this tape right now. It doesn't mean anything about like in a big picture sense. But we're like keeping it real with our teenage selves. 15-year-old Dan, you're going to be married to a blonde girl from Texas. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, right? 15-year-old Dan will be working. You'll be working for the NFL. Take it. I'll take that. Uh, you also, 15-year-old Dan, you're never going to stop masturbating. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> That's the only thing that my dream was to never masturbate <laughs> once I turned 18. <laughs> All right, let's move on from Murray. I'm, I'm done talking to the 15-year-old you. That is strange. All right, here we go. This is... <laughs> all right, so we do, thankfully, now swing back into the spring in terms of contemporary music. Here it comes, Bob. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I knew how to rock. Yeah, you rocked a little <laughs> bit. I love this song. I will pump it up. Yeah. 
wanna go for a ride. All right, what about telling? Or we're talking. We're just talking about fifteen-year-old Dan. What if we told twenty-eight-year-old Billy Corgan that in two thousand seventeen? He'd be, like, super into wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Like, more into wrestling than music? Like, he would be most famous for... Twitter? Twitter, um, having a friendship with Jessica Simpson. Right. And buying a wrestling federation that was uh, several tiers beneath WWE. Like, if you told, like, Billy Corgan... Oh, bro, because he probably loved wrestling back then, too. Right. And he kept it secret for his cred. He probably would be like, oh, I own the WWF. Yeah. It's like, first of all, there's no more WWF. Right. It's WWE. M-E. Secondly, no, you own, like, the NXW. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, don't don't start Zwan. Well, save it for the Zwan podcast, Bob, because Zwan <laughs> had some good songs. It's also... Oh, and also, Billy... You're now you're going to be 53 and still going by Billy. And also, you actually didn't fuck Jessica Simpson. She friend-zoned you. Yeah. Right? Not a good not he a good No, I don't think so. Deal, I don't think he? so. He's, oh, Jess. I don't think Jessica, so. You think she banged Billy Corgan? I I can't say if she didn't. You think she banged late period Billy Corgan? I mean the worst kind of Billy Corgan. Ah. Uh, Funny, do you th- I feel like this kind of Smashing Pumpkin song, I feel like all anybody knows of them now is 1979 and Tonight Tonight. Like that's all you ever hear when you turn on the radio. Yeah, which isn't fair. The sort of rocking Smashing Pumpkins yeah. has been forgotten. I do like that song a lot. Yeah, it's a great song. But don't leave. All right, so there you go. That is Zero uh, coming up next. All right, this we, one. By the way, we will do a Smashing Pumpkins podcast. Definitely. We have to. A lot, of, a lot of people have uh, tweeted at us and yeah. asked us to do one. We definitely will. Because think about it. If we're going to do a podcast, a throwback podcast, where we're focusing on mid to late 90s and the earlier aughts, and we don't do Smashing Pumpkins, what does that say about we us? We have a Google Doc with like 200 albums on there. Smashing Pumpkins. 2,000 albums. Well, no. that's Now you're lying to our audience. I was telling them the truth. You're lying. <laughs> What's uh, next? All right. This is another contemporary song of the time. And another song that's held up extremely well and is played in every 90s like radio format to this day. I knew the toadies were going to be on there. Make up your mind. This, this song reminds me of... Um, It was a huge song all through 96 and into, I could tell you for a fact, because I have a very specific memory of this song. Um, when we talked about, when we did the County Crows podcast and we talked about how you were trying to sell your dad on, I believe it was, Have You Seen Me Lately? No, no, no. Angels it was of the Silences, yeah. Um, so I remember I was very like, closed in as a I think a lot of teenagers are this way but like towards my family at this time in my life to the point where I didn't even want them to know what I was listening to it felt way too personal to share ever um, so I kind of just stayed in my room and listened to my Counting Crows records and waited to like an open avenue to masturbate <laughs> um, no uh, just wanted to have you know private time so Every once in a while, though, I would, like, give it a shot to, like, open up and talk. I remember driving with my dad to Yankee Stadium before game two of the 1996 ALCS between the Yankees and the Orioles. It was the day after the Jeffrey Mayer of course. game. Uh, it was an afternoon game. Uh, we sat literally in the top row of the upper deck, and David Wells beat the Yankees, I think, 2-1. Um, and... This song came on K-Rock, and I was like, I kind of turtle poking his head out of his shell. We were driving to the Bronx, and I was like, Dad, I love this song. And I, I let him listen to it, and he was like, and my dad's not like a religious man. Uh, he, like, he actually never went to church with us because he had softball on Sundays, and we would go to church <laughs> with my mom, and my dad wouldn't go. It was like a great a dad perfect move. setup. Great dad move. Perfect setup. Yeah. So the, the liner is like, 
he talks about he keeps on saying do you want to die do you want to die and then he talks about Jesus yeah and my dad was like oh I don't like that he keeps on bringing up Jesus and dying it was like definitely like a cultural schism there yeah yeah because the music that he grew up listening to didn't like right have lyrics like that and I to this day I think of that when I hear this song which That's is weird because my yeah. dad is not like an uptake, t- uptight guy on any level. No, it's totally a different era kind of thing where it was like that wasn't in the songs that he grew up with. So it was kind of weird that his son was singing about dying in Jesus. Do you want to die? Yeah, nobody was singing about do you want to die in the 1970s. No. And maybe they shouldn't have been. But I, that was what was going on in the 90s. Maybe, I mean, save it for the Led Zeppelin podcast. Maybe they were singing about that. But maybe. When are yeah. we doing the Led Zeppelin podcast? I don't know, but Mr. F. No, not sorry, not Mr. F. Uh, Gravy time. Gravy time. From who, the uh, subreddit was pretty angry at us. Good man, Gravy, uh, who yeah uh, runs the subreddit for the Around the NFL podcast, still upset. Yeah, not happy about our Led Zeppelin take. We're not going to make any more bits about. Out of respect for Gravy. All right, we got three <laughs> more tracks here. Uh, another contemporary song in 1996, and um, one of the most important songs. Wow. In my life. Yep. We don't have to dive too deep on this one because we're definitely going to do a podcast on um, Oasis' second album, What's the Story of Morning Glory. But uh, yes, this was the, I think it was like the third single, maybe. Um, second or third, yeah. Second or third, uh, Champagne Supernova. Let's listen to it right now. How many special people change? How many lives are living strange? Where were you while we were getting high? Slowly walking down the hall, faster than a cannonball. Where were you while we were getting high? Someday you will find me. I just want to share one personal memory when I knew that I loved Oasis was I was sta- it was the winter it might have been the winter or like yeah it was around February it makes sense it was probably January February of 96 and I was standing at our high school in like the open area where the flagpole was remember it had yeah. like an open area and one of the upperclassmen like pulled up on the like 100 yards away in like a shitty hatchback and like got out of the car and this song was blasting out of the car I didn't even really know it yet I remember maybe I had heard it a couple times and liked it then I heard it blasting out of the car it was West Choi (laughs) blasting Champagne Supernova by Oasis and I was like I fucking love that song and I can guarantee you I went home and recorded it for this mixtape shortly after wow so you have West shout out to West Choi West Choi that guy knows how to throw a fucking shot put, too, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. fucking throw that bitch. He was good at that. <laughs> that's a that's such a bizarre memory. <laughs> uh, do you have any... We don't want to yeah, step we, on our Oasis. We don't want to step on it. I was actually going to use this Oasis time to ask you uh, what you think of the new Liam album. I think Wes Choi could throw that fucking <laughs> shot put like nobody else in the business. I mean, I, part of me wants to stay in 96 and not ask you that question, <laughs> but I also want to know if you've... Uh, I do. I listen to. There's a new Liam Gallagher album album called As You Were. I continue to enjoy um, the press tour more than yeah. uh, the album. The first single I absolutely adored, uh, Wall of Glass. Glass. Yeah. Uh, the John Lennon song that's currently getting some radio play, at least on Sirius. As You Were or uh, um, Chinatown. Or is there another one? Not Chinatown. It's uh, for what it's worth. For so. what it's worth. That's what I was it's thinking nice, of. Nice little yeah, song. Yeah, I like that song. That 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 sounds like good late period Oasis. Yeah. But that's that's also, you know, a modest pleasure. Late period Oasis is late period Oasis, which is not as good as this period Oasis. Have you heard the new Knoll song? Yeah. 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 I'm kind of losing interest in Knoll's solo career as it goes along. Ooh, scandalous. Time to just get together, guys. All right. Now the penultimate track on mixtape numeral Roman numeral two. Here we go. 
give myself a shout out for this being on it. I had some big thoughts going on in my brain. <laughs> Wait, you're so proud of your 15 year old self. Typically, and general no, but I, I I like that I put this on there because this was a song that was big at this time too. Yeah, this was huge. But the, and this is definitely something that I knew from watching Alternative Nation. I'm sure. Yeah, John Sencio definitely helped usher you towards the song. So if, so if John Sencio was like well aware of um, my blog is poop, him being a starring character in this or an ancillary character, um, is he going to become aware of this podcast now? Well, here's the thing, Dan. Don't tell me John Sencio is dead. John Sencio is alive. Oh, thank God. Yeah, there's so many. Tom Petty's dead. I know. So many crazy things happen in the world. The Rocket Man, Bob. <laughs> Doddard. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I recently checked in on John Sencio. Like within the last few months. Define checked in, like opened your basement where you haven't tied up. <laughs> I, uh, John, at, are you still alive? You know, I looked him up. I was like, yes, he's not on. He's not I'm on. Very weak. He's not on Twitter. I Wait, need water. No, don't make jokes. <laughs> oh, he's. No. He's uh, he's know, fought cancer twice. Oh, okay. He's he's still like he came out on the other end. He's a survivor, and that's his. He no, is Bob. continuing to, you know, give motivational. Speeches. Why didn't you drop that hint earlier before I went into my? You have him chained. In I your was face looking at thing. you, but you were looking away to do that thing, so I couldn't. I couldn't get your attention. So John Sensio is a cancer survivor. He is a cancer survivor. All right, I love it. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, and he's like, I think he made a documentary about fighting cancer as well. Wow, how about that? Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, all right. That's good. Well, it's not good, but it's good that he's yeah a survivor. So stop making fun of him. I now it changes the yeah. entire <laughs> con- complexion of the situation. Yes. So I did like. I have to say, I want to make it clear now. Always liked Sensio. We uh, we like looked up to Sensio, which yeah. is why he became that figure yes. in our life. Where we were like, he's the cool, like we liked John Sensio and Chris Hardwick hosting Singled Out. Yes, they were like the two kind of cool dudes on MTV. Which they is were so, the coolest guys. It's so funny to think Chris Hardwick was one of the coolest guys. I know in our life. Funny? But even then, I don't think he fit the. It's not like everyone else thought that. I don't think he was ever comfortable as being the cool guy. We just saw him as the cool guy because we liked his clothes and he seemed to have a very physically intimate relationship with uh, uh, Jenny McCarthy. Right. He had the coolest clothes, was like flirty with Jenny McCarthy, or at least got to be around Jenny McCarthy. It just seemed like she didn't have a problem with him being in her airspace. And he had like that like sort of relatable wit. Yes. So like he was like an idol. Chris Hardwick will be on the show next week, yep, by the way. Chris Hardwick is here the whole time. Chris, how come you haven't said anything? <laughs> Please let me out. All right, that's better. That's okay. That's an okay joke to make. All right. Are we at our last song? <laughs> yeah, last song. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. This one, uh, I think it's another example of uh, one that I was discovering. Said band, not a 96 song, but a damn good jam. All right. Dan closing it out with a little yellow lead there. Love it. And this is a song we'll never cover on the podcast otherwise because it's not on an album. We're not going to do like the Lost Dogs EP? Yeah, we're probably not going to do Lost Dogs or any (laughs) B-side album. Um, Yeah, we talked about this on the 10 podcast. Like, it's amazing that this was not included on that album. It's so good. I'm going to share the top three best B-sides of the 90s, Bob. 
Okay. And all of them are a compliment to the artist, but also an indictment of the artist. For them not knowing what they had? For not being smart enough to put it on the CD. Yes. Uh, the album preceding or proceeding, uh, instead burying it and it finding an audience, but never reaching its full right. potential. Okay. Uh, number three, Einstein on the Beach, Count of Crows. Yep. From it absolutely the, been on an album and been a single. From the DGC Rarities. Yes. For an Eggman. I have the yes. tape right over there, actually. Um, number two. Yellow Leadbetter. Okay, number two. Wow, Pearl I thought, thought it would be number one. Just missed the cut. What shitty U2 song are you going to drop at number one? Lady with the Spinning Head, U2. No. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um... Number one, the master plan, Oasis. I have no problem with those three. I might argue the order, but that's very accurate. It is crazy the master plan was not on an album. Yeah. Um, so there you go, Bob. There you go. That was fun. So you got to track down your tape. Ah, tape. I do. It is I, personal. It's strangely, uh, it was kind of uncomfortable sharing these songs, even though they're famous songs that everyone knows. I mean, there were no like, there were no like, you know, deep cut type things that you got off CDs there. Those are all radio songs. So it's interesting how it was personal, even though it was all radio songs, including It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine by R.E.M. <laughs> do we want to put uh, put one of these songs on the Spotify playlist? I do, because this is our 20th episode. Okay. We could have a, we could have a playlist with 20 songs on it. I guess this is kind of like the no turning back moment in a way, because if we're going to put like a song off a personal mixtape on the Spotify, then now we know going forward. And I'm fine with it that every episode will always have a song on the Spotify. I think that's fair. I think it should. I think that we need that. Something happened. Did I knock something over? Your laptop's about to fall off. Oh, I don't want that to happen. Um, yeah, we should definitely have a song for every episode. Uh, I liked I liked doing this. We should do this again. Uh, for this, should I nominate? You have to. Since this I was going to say tape, you have and to. Then you can. Um, can I preemptively veto the Dave Matthews Band song? And REM <laughs> Shadow Light speaking. Uh, yes. <laughs> well, you don't have to. I will not go down that road. Um, can I nominate Santa Monica by Everclear so we could have two Everclear songs in a row? <laughs> I like how we'd be like, whoa, what a statement that would be. And it's like, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> uh, no, it won't go Santa Monica. For that reason, it's taken out of the mix as much as I love that song. Uh, for me, it does come down to three songs. It comes down to um, Possum, Possum Kingdom by the Toadies, In the Meantime by Space Hog, uh, both strong contenders but yes i think molly by sponge if i want to put my myself in the headspace of where i was at this time in my life that song was my shit um so i will say molly by sponge do you have any issues with that bob i'm wrestling between that and in the meantime those are the two if you want to pound the table for in the meantime i'm certainly not going to get get in the way because it's on this tape as well, and it, like I said, it's probably the runner-up in my thought. But uh, do you want to pound the table for in the meantime? I just think that as much as I loved the Toadies, uh, Possum Kingdom, heard that enough. Because it still gets played to this It still day. gets played that to this song is, has legs. In the meantime, um, you know, I feel like Royston Cleghorn. Royce Clayton. Shortstop for the uh, San Francisco Giants. (laughs) He's had a good enough life, you know, settling down with Liv Tyler. He doesn't need this. I feel like Sponge probably needs this. They need to be on this list. (laughs) They need to be on our podcast. (laughs) So let's give it to him, Dan. Wow, what a moment here for Sponge, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Uh, They have come out of the wilderness in the biggest spot possible to earn the highly coveted 20th track spot on our Spotify playlist, which you can find on Spotify by searching Throwback Playlist. Uh, makes sense. You could also, of course, find us on Twitter at ThrowbackPod. You can also, and this is important, 
help us out by going to iTunes, rate and review us. Give us five stars. That's all we ask. You could review and write anything you want. Yeah. Give us the five stars. Oh, and if you're listening to this and we've done 20 episodes and you haven't rated us and given us five stars yet and left a comment, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It's absolutely right. Yeah, come on. Step it up. We don't even have microphone stands. We, we're holding, think about 20 episodes, an hour plus each. It's almost a full day of this stupid podcast, and we've been holding a microphone <laughs> the entire time. Amateurs. Think about that. Uh, what is it? Uh, Sisyphus, like pushing the the, <laughs> the, the fucking rock yeah, up the that's hill. That's us. That's us. Doing and the a least podcast. you can fucking do is just leave. Is just five stars. Five stars. Comment. Okay. Sisyphus, bitch. That was a HeadGum Podcast.